freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. The GOP Josh is a young conservative influence with a lot of You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the Conservative Crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Well, hello and welcome. This is the Conservative Crusader here on GOPjosh.com, the youngest hour of talk radio in the nation. Glad to be with you all today. As always, December 6th, this Wednesday, Anno Domini, Year of Our Lord. That's what AD stands for, if you didn't know that. 2023, uh, Year of Our Lord, Anno Domini, all that fun uh, Latin and all that fun stuff. Welcome back to the program. We appreciate you hopping on today. I always say this at the end of the program, but we are coming towards the end of the year when people are really deciding everything to do, right? Starting on a New Year's resolution in about a month. Well, I hope your resolution is to help support this program by rating us five stars over on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to this program. Help boost us in the algorithms. The fun thing that that happens when you're a conservative is a leftist will go on there and go to their and ruin their personal algorithms that they have set up for them just to tank my ratings. So I have a 2.5 star average. Now I believe we have a higher listenership than that that likes the program uh, over on Apple Podcasts. Some of the reviews saying I'm just GOP talking points. If you listen to the show, you know that's not true. Uh, But that's what the the people are saying over on on Apple. So if you'd like to support us by doing that, you can. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, and if it's not a five-star program, let me know what I can do to change that. And we're always open to suggestions. Our phone number is 574-675-6747. That's 57-GOP-JOSH-7. Uh, our email, josh at gopjosh.com. Uh, we have a another way to call on to is via Anchor. Anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader slash message. Uh, you can also send in your voicemails through that. Had a guest on the program today. We just finished sitting down with uh, David uh, Giglio, running for Congress in California's 20th District, Running uh, was running against our, our first story of the day, uh, Kevin McCarthy, the former House Speaker who is not running for re-election. He's not running... For re-election, he's actually leaving Congress early uh, at the end of this month. 
Uh, Here's from USA Today. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is resigning from Congress early and will not run for re-election next year, punctuating a historic Capitol Hill career after 15 rounds of voting to become Speaker in January and getting ousted 10 months later by a conservative rebellion. I have decided to depart the House at the end of this year to serve America in new ways. I know my work is only getting started. Now, McCarthy's next steps are uncertain. He has promised to stay involved in Republican politics. He did not obviously run after being ousted from Speaker uh, again last October. This reminds me uh, of how we talk about the future of the Republic and the future of the Republican Party on this program a lot, as that's kind of my focus, is the future of the Republican Party and, uh, and of this nation. Remember that very shortly, not that long ago, Kevin McCarthy was considered the future of the party. There was a book released. When was the book released? 2010 by Eric Cantor. I'm not even familiar with that guy. Where it's Paul Ryan, Eric Cantor, and Kevin McCarthy as these young guns, so they say. And the uh, NRCC still uses uh, those talking points in that name where they're all standing on the speaker's balcony saying they're, quote, a new generation of conservative leaders. All three of them, from what I understand, I don't know who Kevin Eric Cantor is, but I believe all three of them are out of Republican politics entirely. So the fact that the conservative movement behind Matt Gates and behind his ouster of Kevin McCarthy got the, the, all three of those together, that the future neocon young guns, and I think it's appropriate they use guns knowing they're warhawks, uh, out of politics that fast tells me a lot. Uh, about about how strong this this group of young guns uh, were. By the way, Eric Cantor is 60. He wrote this book in 2010. That was 13 years ago. He would have been 53 or 43, either one, whichever one it was. I believe it was 53. No, it would be 43. He'd be 43 when he's a young gun. Now, if you're a young guy at 43, you're not even considered a young Republican at that point. And I have long critiqued how a young Republican can be considered young at 40. I don't think you're old at 40, but you're not a young Republican, and the focus should be getting young people in the Republican Party. Uh, the synopsis of this book is hilarious. Um, so make no mistake, Congressman Eric Cantor, Paul Ryan, and Kevin McCarthy are proud Republicans, but they believe the party has lost sight of the ideals it believes in, like economic freedom, limited government, the sanctity of life, and putting families first. This isn't your grandfather's Republican Party. These young guns of the House GOP, Cantor the leader, Ryan the thinker, and McCarthy the strategist, are ready to take their beliefs in the principles that have made America great and translate it into solutions that will make the future even better, solutions that will create private sector jobs, maximize individual freedom, and establish a better world for our children. Fun fact, ever since this book's been released in 2010, or maybe even before that, this was the message of the Republican Party. You know who changed that message and made it not quite that same message? President Donald J. Trump, who actually won an election as a Republican. Hard work to do, it seems, to to win an election as a Republican. Probably because these are the strategists and McCarthy's the strategist behind this messaging that doesn't work. We are populists and the young guns of 2023. uh, I I like to bring up this this photo that that went viral of me and my my young friends that we met in, uh, we were in D.C., the, um, we are the young guns of the future, myself, let's go through the names here, 
Lane Brown, Nico Delgado, James Riemann, and, and Lucas Perez. We are the young guns of 2023, but we're not going to go away as easy. We're not going to give up after one loss. We're not going to resign from any office we might fe- hold in the future uh, because we ha- lost one vote. But Kevin McCarthy, and we talked to, uh, to David uh, Giglio about this later in the program, Kevin McCarthy is only in Congress because he wanted to be Speaker. He has always tried and vied and wanted to be Speaker ever since his mentor, uh, Paul Ryan, was in that position, and probably before that. So I don't consider these people young guns, and I'm kind of glad he's out. Now, do I think it's smart that he's leaving early? We are December 6th, 2023, and a domini year of our Lord as we are doing this program. The next elections are November 5th for, for Congress, uh, outside of special elections, uh, with the seat uh, of George Santos, which will most likely go Democrat. It's a Democrat-leaning district where they expelled him for no reason. Uh, we have Bill Johnson, a Republican, who is about to resign, uh, pending becoming the president of Youngstown State University. And now we have Kevin McCarthy. We have a four-seat majority going into uh, into this this whole crisis, right? Say, uh, Johnson says he's not running again. He's he's resigning early. That makes it three. Uh, Santos is dro- is expelled. He's not running for re-election. That makes it two. Kevin McCarthy decides that he's not going to run again and he's going to drop out early and resign. That makes it one. We have a one-seat majority. Republicans were entrusted in a one a four-seat majority. We have a one-seat majority left because Kevin McCarthy is so butthurt about not being speaker. When we return, I want to dig deep into this. Uh, what's her name? She is a uh, Maggie Howell. She's a former member uh, of the McCarthy's team and who she's blaming this on because I think she's probably still closely with uh, the former speaker's team. And who is actually being blamed for this uh, by the establishment? Back after this on the Conservative Crusader, you're listening to the Voice of the Future. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Hope you're enjoying the program. If you are, you can go over and support this program. Keep us on the air. We have a Patreon page. The program will remain completely free. That page is patreon.com slash GOP Josh. If you want to support the show for as little as $3 a month, we would greatly appreciate it. If not, uh, the program will remain free. Um, So, yeah. Let's let's hop into this this Twitter or this X profile now. Her name is Maggie Howell. She is in brand strategy, according to her uh, her uh, bio, and it says always Speaker McCarthy number fifty five, who is the fifty fifth Speaker, also the shortest since the eighteen hundreds. Uh, but she put out this this meme on X. I don't know uh, for those listening on audio if you've seen the the uh, looks like a cartoon where there's the one guy with glasses on holding up a butterfly. And the butterfly is like landing on his hand. Uh, this meme 
Oh, pardon me. Uh, this meme here says Matt Gates is the young man with the butterfly. The butterfly is single-handedly destroying the GOP majority. And the caption, which is like what this young man's thinking, am I saving the world? The McCarthy people, the, the people behind Mr. McCarthy, the former speaker, are blaming Matt Gates of all people, for losing this Republican majority. Now, a fun fact, and I, I kind of broke this down on, on X, Matt Gates voted against the expulsion of George Santos. Had nothing to do with Youngstown State choosing Bill Johnson as their president and did not vote to, to get rid of Kevin McCarthy as congressman. He got voted to vacate the chair. So how is it that Matt Gates, of all people, is being blamed for this, th this removal. I I don't understand that whatsoever. And and the loss of House majority is not due to Matt Gates. It's due to well the people leaving. But really, who we have to blame here? Let, let's go to the clerk's website here, because we're going to talk about California, knowing that's where the congressman is from. Uh, a, a motion, by the way, today to censure Jamal Bowman failed. Yes, that was a test for the, for the expulsion. Um, six nine four was that the roll call number? It was not. Uh, we'll find it here for you, uh, and actually go into who voted for the removal of George Santos, who I think had every right, and I I believe is is basically known had every right to due process as he should. He had no no criminal record. He had not a a single thing about him being, um, here we go, here we go, it's 691, this is, the, this is the roll call, he had no crime, he had only been indicted, he was not arrested, or charged with a crime, so let's go California, Republicans that voted yes on the expulsion of George Santos, here's a list, Calvert, Duarte, Mike Garcia, Kevin Kiley, uh, Kim, I believe that's that's Young Kim. Am I right with that? Yes, Young Kim voted yes. Uh, Obernolte, Steele, and Valvado are the California Republicans that voted to expel George Santos. So if you're going to attack anyone for causing the expulsion, causing the loss of the Senate or the the GOP House uh, majority, blame those people from from California. We can go to Ohio now. Let's blame the Ohioans because this is an Ohio-oriented program. Balderson, Carey, Joyce, Lotta, Miller, and Winstrup. Thanks for losing us the House majority. Let's go now to North Carolina. Edwards, Fox, Hudson, Murphy, and Rouser. Thanks for losing us the majority. Uh, no one from Alaska, obviously. Alabama, Aldernholt. Thanks. Colorado, Ken Buck. Appreciate it. Georgia, Allen, Carter, Ferguson, and Austin Scott. Thanks. Mississippi, we have Mr. Guest. Michigan, we have Bergman, James, and McLean. James is the best Democrat the Republicans ever voted for. Oregon, we have Bence and Chavez de Marias. At Wisconsin, we have Grothman and Style. I mean, how many people do I have to name off that are responsible for this? Notice how if I go to Florida, let's go to Florida here. Uh, we have Diaz, Bart, uh, Ballart, Dunn, Scott Franklin, Gimiez, Rutherford, and Webster. We don't have Matt Gates on the list. So the person responding, and let's go to the California not voting, McCarthy. 
who didn't vote present. He just didn't show up to vote. Is that who we're going to blame? Why is it always Matt Gates' fault? Because he got rid of your guy? He got rid of your favorite speaker, who's someone who's vied to be speaker for his entire life? I'm happy with what Matt Gates did. As a Republican, as a young gun Republican, so to speak, if you want to talk in the, that, that sort of term. And as a young Republican, I'm happy that we have a speaker working for the people. Johnson, Mike Johnson, who voted no, I believe. Let's, let's figure out. He's from Louisiana. He all votes. Johnson voted nay. And he's a speaker. And most of the time, speakers don't vote. I guess that's why McCarthy didn't vote because he thought he was still speaker. We have a, a speaker doing the work of the people. He is, um, oh, Letlow was a letdown. Uh, Julia Letlow, what a letdown. Anyways, um, he, he's releasing the January 6th footage. He's doing the work of the, he, he's bringing up good ballot, uh, votes to the floor. And you can't squash a privileged resolution. That's the only sad part about it. You can't squash a privileged resolution so he couldn't stop this from happening. Um. But yeah, I, I'm really upset with with the people from McCarthy's team that are blaming this on on Matt Gates of all people. So let's move on really quickly here to talk about the Trump town hall he had last night. Now I'm kind of critical of the president when he does Hannity town halls because first of all they're pre-recorded, second of all it's Hannity, and I don't really like Hannity. Uh, but there were some good uh, good moments from these. So let's let's get this plugged in here, make sure everything's working right. Uh, I'm going to play a, a few clips from the Daily Caller News Foundation they gathered. Uh, so let's play this first one here. I often say Al Capone, he was one of the greatest of all time, if you like criminals. He was a mob boss. And he just says, right? I don't even know what that means. But I want it on a t-shirt. We love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. Well, that, okay? that, that sounds to me like you're going back to the policies when you were president. That's all right, exactly take a break. Just that was good. Listen to the way he said that, because because the media is saying he said he's a dictator. Listen to this. One more time. <laughs> we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border, and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So, that- so what he's saying here, he's not saying he's going to be a dictator. What he's saying here is on day one, he's going to close the border and, and start drilling. And he's going to do anything he has to do to make that happen. If you're a dictator, you're not a dictator for one day. That's not how that works. Uh, so great moments uh, from that debate. Uh, this is from when he was talking to Bobby Kennedy. Um, uh, funny moment here. Let's and I tell, I tell the story. So Ted Kennedy, believe it or not, uh, was Ted a Kennedy, friend of mine Bobby. because of Palm Beach. They lived in Palm Beach at what's called the Kennedy compound. And I once I did him a big favor one time. And somehow he liked me. I liked him, even though we were opposite in many ways, politically, certainly. And I said to him, who's the smartest guy in the Senate? And he gave me a name. I don't want to tell you because I really don't like the guy at all. Still around. I said, who's the dumbest? He said, probably Joe. I said, who's Joe? Joe Biden. That's the first time. I said, uh, huh. And that was it. And he said, what a guy. I mean, I don't believe this guy's 77. So critical of Joe Biden. two minutes. We don't have time for a two-minute clip here. Earlier, earlier today... Joe Biden, I'm sure he mumbled the words as usual. He said, he said this, if Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I'd be running, he said at a campaign event today. How do you, how do you react to that? Well, I think somebody gave him a talking point. They thought that would sound good. You know, I just found out that Democrats are funding 
Nikki Haley's campaign. I hear that Democrats are contributing to Ron DeSantis's or Ron DeSanctimonious to Ron DeSantis's campaign. And then you hear the talking points. That's the only thing they're good at, cheating on elections and great talking points. They say, we want to run against Trump. They want to run. Well, we did really well in 2016, and we did so much better in 2020. The person they don't want to run against is us. It's us. It's not me. It's us. Because it's a movement, the likes of which this country, Sean, has never seen before. What a guy. That's who they're trying to take down when they say he's a criminal. Uh, and obviously they don't want to run against him or they wouldn't be indicting him. I'm wearing the Trump mugshot shirt today. They wouldn't be indicting him, taking him down right now, trying to, if they wanted to run against him. Uh, when we return, uh, actually, no, we're on the second segment already. When we return, we're going to be talking to David uh, Galigo for his campaign. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I don't have the notes in front of me. Um, we'll be talking to him about his campaign, why he's running against Kevin McCarthy. Uh, back after this year on the Conservative Crusader, you're listening to The Voice of the Future. GOPJosh.com. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. We've talked a, a little while now in the program about this. One seat majority we're going to have, thanks to Congressman Kevin McCarthy, former speaker, stepping down. Uh, but joining us now is someone who is running to replace him before he even dropped out, is someone who is primarying him for being a, a stinky little rhino. Joining us now is David Giglio, David A. Giglio, G-I-G-L-I-O dot com is his website. Uh, welcome to the program today, sir. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be a part of it. Well, thank you for hopping on with us, I, especially under such short notice. I messaged you today. We had it scheduled. It was great. Uh, so we've been following the story today about Kevin McCarthy dropping out of the House. He's actually resigning early. He's resigning at the end of this year uh, for some reason. After Bill Johnson of Ohio resigns, we have Congressman Santos. They forced out. We're going to have a one-seat majority. Uh, as someone who's who would have been his primary opponent, how do you feel about this congressman that's supposed to represent, hopefully, your future constituents, uh, calling it quits in the middle of a term? Well, uh, you know, I go back. There's always a quote when I was a kid. One of my favorite movies growing up was uh, was Cool Runnings, and there's a quote in there that I love, um, where he says, "Doris, you know, a gold medal's a great thing, but if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it." And, and Kevin has always wanted that gavel. And he's clearly not enough of a man or a representative without it where he just wants to cut and run. So um, it's unfortunate because he's leaving his constituents behind. He's putting uh, the Republican agenda at risk. You know, he's empowering Biden. But I also think um, it's an opportunity for Republicans uh, for, for a couple of reasons. Um, Kevin's influence on the party ha has been, despite how he portrays himself publicly, he, he's been an obstacle to the America first, um, you know, President Trump agenda. Uh, I think there's well-documented history behind the scenes of Kevin sabotaging our movement. So this is a chance for us and our movement to really elevate ourselves here. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi worked with a very small majority and got a lot of things done. We have a we, if we have strong leadership, we can get things done. But we need to show I think the establishment's been uh been hit here pretty hard in the face uh, and they're learning that this isn't their party anymore this is a america first populist trump party 
And uh, this is a big opportunity for us. But uh, but I do think it's unfortunate that Kevin uh, didn't think it's worth being around if he didn't have the gavel. It just goes to show you how little he values actually delivering for the people he's represented for uh, two decades. And, and he talked a lot about how how Matt Gates is kind of destroying the party when it comes to him doing this motion to vacate. Uh, but he's destroying the party, leaving a one seat majority. We could have a two seat majority. He could be right there. I don't think Bill Johnson should resign early, and I'm an Ohio guy, if you don't know that, so I'm, I'm kind of mad about him resigning early as well. Uh, but that's besides the point, because we're talking about California here. Uh, what are the yeah. top three issues facing Cal? Do oh, you have something to say, or am I... No, uh, I was just going to say, um, you know, with Gate, uh, what he said about Gates is is out of line. You know, Matt Gates did more of a service to this party than not than most of the people in Congress ever would have done. Kevin's leadership was failed leadership. Um, his two, the things he's going to be remembered for as speaker, his two big bills, the debt ceiling and the continuing resolution, were passed by more Democrats than Republicans. So um, he was hurting Republicans while he was speaker uh, and empowering Democrats. So so. Matt Gates did this country a service, and uh, we should all be thanking him. I completely agree with you there. So now I'm kind of moving to your campaign because Kevin McCarthy is old news. He's obviously going to prop one of his people up to, to try to fill that seat, but I don't think it'll work. Uh, what are the top three issues facing California, and what motivated you to run for this seat prior to Kevin McCarthy's resignation? Well, obviously, you know, I don't know how many people know that, but 70% of the fruits and vegetables that, that feed our nation are, are grown here in the Central Valley. Water, uh, the West water crisis is a huge issue for California and for the nation. So um, when I get to Congress, uh, I'm not just going to talk about it. There's been politicians for decades talking about solving this problem. This is a number one priority for me when I get there. I have a detailed water plan on my website. Uh, davidagilio.com slash water. I don't owe any special interest groups, any lobbyist groups, any big donors, anything. I'm going there to get this done. And I know it's something that President Trump uh, really wanted to settle during his first term in office. And I know that he was uh, dismayed that he didn't, he wasn't able to finish the job. So I'm going to work with him hand in hand. We're going to do this together and we're going to solve this problem so that we can feed our nation. It's a national security issue. Um, and in terms of, you know, crime, crime is a big issue. Our, our streets, I have a store in Clovis, California, smack dab in the district. I've been broken into three times since I've opened three years ago. Wow. Um, we have to secure our borders. You, you would not leave your house uh, unlocked in the middle of the night. Uh, California is a border state and it's causing a rise in crime. Uh, and it's it's destroying our communities and it's hurting our businesses. And, and I'm going to do whatever I can to uh, make sure that we uh, day one, like President Trump said last night in his town hall, day one, we are closing that border. Absolutely. Uh, so oh. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to I remembered what the second part of your question was. So I wanted to. Uh... Yeah, I was just about to follow up on it. But but hop, hop right in, sir. Take the floor. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, to give a little background on me, some people might know, uh, I did run last time in a neighboring district, the, uh, the 13th congressional district. Uh, when they redistricted California, they carved up the central Valley really, really good. And, uh, my house is in like the nexus of the universe here. I can go out uh, a mile each way and I'm in three different congressional districts. I ran in that district the last time because I campaigned in it. Uh, and lived in it for over two years. And I was, you know, running a race. And that was the district that most closely resembled it. You know, I did a lot of thought and prayer before deciding to run against Kevin. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, why didn't you, you're just chasing a seat because it's a safe Republican seat. Why don't you run in the same district you ran last time? 
Well, the reason I chose to run against Kevin before he dropped out um, was because I view this as a battle between us and them. You know, to me, Kevin McCarthy represents everything that's wrong with Washington, everything that's wrong with our government. You know, the American people, one of the things I got when I knocked on thousands of doors myself last campaign is that people have lost faith in our government and our leaders. And Kevin has been there for decades making promises to anyone and anyone to get power and not delivering on any of it. So I said, we need to show these people in Washington that there are some of us out there. I am not by any means an extraordinary guy. I'm a small business owner. I'm a dad. I was a teacher. But we need to show them that average people, everyday Americans, we're, we're not afraid to stand up. So I view this as a symbolic battle of all of us versus the head of the snake. And that's why I chose to come out uh, before it's going to be popular to run in this seat. Uh, I I went in knowing the odds, knowing the fight ahead of me, knowing what was going to happen, you know, the ridicule I was going to take. But that's why I did it. This is an important battle. And uh, for us to replace this seat with a true political outsider uh, who represents what I think is the, the path forward for the Republican Party, which is President Trump's message, Trumpism, um, it's going to be a huge kick in the pants to all the establishment rhinos uh, in D.C. that have been doing nothing but sabotaging our movement since 2016. You're absolutely right. I've worked on a couple primary campaigns, primarying a well volunteered with the campaigns that were primarying incumbents. It's not just chasing a seat. It's very difficult to even try to attempt uh, to primary someone, even as low as the county level. And, and then it, no, it, it, you're it, exactly right. Yeah, they it, called me a cheat chaser last time. They called me a carpetbagger last time, and I said because I was originally born out of state. They called me a carpetbagger last time, even though the seat I ran in was a D plus thirteen. I said, "Well, if I'm carpetbagging, I'm doing it wrong." You're not doing so, it right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then I, I volunteered for my now representative Mike Carey in the open seat in uh, 2021, where Steve Stivers resigned in Ohio's 15. That was probably harder in an open seat. With with no incumbent in a special election, there were eleven candidates. It was massive. It was a so I I, I oh yeah. And and for anybody to say like I just ran for an e I'm looking for an easy seat. None of my this was going to be easy. It was never going to be easy running against Kevin. He runs things like a mafia boss out here. It's nearly impossible to get anyone to give you money or pat or or support you running against him. Uh, and he's obviously going to handpick his successor that I'm going to have to go. Um. I'm going to have to go up against. So he, you know, that's what's nothing about this is going to be easy. This is going to be a grassroots fight and I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'm glad to hear that. If you had to pick, I oh know we're going to move on past that one really quick because we kind of already got to the issues. Uh, let's get to Gen Z now. Uh, first and foremost, when you vote for leadership in the house, are you going to vote for the same old, same old? Are you going to try to usher in young conservative leadership in the house? What, what's your plan with that? Well, Absolutely. We need a new era of leadership. You know, people like Matt Gates, people like, um, you know, Lauren Boebert, people like you know, like that to step up. You know, I was a big fan of Madison Cawthorn before Kevin ran a smear campaign to get rid of him because he was loyal to President Trump. Um, people like J.R. Majewski, people like Joe Kent, who are going to be going to Congress. Um, you know, we need new leadership. We need change of ideas. We cannot have the same old Republicans who are controlled by the these ain't these antiquated big GOP donor class that isn't even conservative, right? These people are nihilists. They don't really care about anything. They're buying influence. We need a new group of leaders that want to get things done and want to do what benefits the American people. And that, that comes through America first policy. So I'm going to push for that. I'm going to push for term limits. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not funded by PACs, loyalists, lobbyists, anyone like that. I owe nobody anything. The only debt 
I'll have is to the people who vote me in. And I'm going to go there and, and kick butt and uh, chew bubblegum. Well, that is good to hear, sir. Uh, so, so my first question specifically regarding Gen Z, uh, do you have a youth outreach portion of your campaign where you're actually going into the schools, going into the areas where young people are, telling them about the Republican message, uh, your message? Is that part of your campaign? And, and yes, absolutely. Good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll let you take the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I um, I I have a, a lot of youth outreach. I, I work with, I did last time. I mean, my campaign manager last time was uh, 19, 20 years old, uh, and he was a wizard. So um, yeah, we have youth outreach. Gen Z is very important. And I think one of the issues obviously affecting, um, you know, younger generations is home ownership. I mean, this is a battle that nobody is really talking about in Congress. It's a crisis in, in, in across our country right now. You know, everybody's dream is to grow up and own their own home. And many, you know, people are, we're sentencing generations of um, Americans uh, are going to have very difficult difficulty doing that. And so I want to go there and, and I want to confront this crisis. We have to bring down the price of our homes. We have to make it more affordable for people to live. Uh, inflation is killing Gen Z. It's killing young Americans that are just entering the workforce. We have to address these issues. It's quite frankly a dereliction of duty that Congress is more concerned with sending our money overseas than they are with solving crises like that. So uh, those things, student loans, you know, I think uh, I've never been a proponent of student loan forgiveness, but I don't see the harm in Congress uh, renegotiating and, and passing legislation that gives a zero, zero, one percent interest rate on all student loans to to help lift the burden off borrowers as much as possible. Um, those kind of things I'm going to fight for. I, I definitely want to be an advocate for younger Americans. I was a teacher and, and I want people to grow up in, in the America of old, you know, the America we think of our grandparents, America, some people say. And, and so that's a top priority of mine. And you already kind of oh, go ahead. Yeah. Bringing the youth into the Republican Party. If we can embrace Trump's America for I mean, I think that's why you see these polls where President Trump is now doing really much better than any Republican really ever with younger Americans, because they're starting to recognize that the Democrats aren't offering them anything. But they they don't trust old school, you know, country club Republicans. If we embrace becoming the party of working middle class America, uh, you know, those policies are going to benefit uh, younger Americans. Well, I completely agree. And I, my next question was going to be, how are you going to vote on behalf of, of Gen Z? But I think you already covered that. We covered all the bases I wanted to get to today. Uh, so <laughs> I have about two minutes left. Take this time, uh, introduce anything you want to say that I didn't bring up, uh, put out your social media so people can support your campaign, volunteer, all that fun stuff. Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah. So uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's at David. G-I-G-L-I-O-C-A, same on True Social, same on Getter, on Facebook, same thing. Um, my website is davidagigligo.com. I would say just because Kevin's leaving, the work is not done here. This is a very important seat. This is an R plus 30 seat. We cannot afford to send any more rhinos from deep red seats. You know, Kevin, just because he's not going to be in Congress in body doesn't mean he's not there in spirit. He is Still has a massive amount of money. He's going to try to wield his influence behind the scenes. He's going to do it in this race. He's going to put his handpicked person in there. We cannot let them win this seat. We have to do this. This is an important battle. I've been blessed to have Roger Stone and General Flynn endorse me. And uh, if the president's listening at some point, I would say, President Trump, if you're looking for somebody who's loyal and who's going to stand with you every step of the way to pass every item in your Agenda 47, I'm your man. Let's do this together and let's make America great again. Well, that is a great 
a great uh, a message to President Trump. I hope he's listening. I would love that, <laughs> and, I, and I hope he does uh, put his support behind you. Uh, David Giglio, David A G I G L I O dot com. Thank you for joining me today. Love to have you on closer to the election. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. This is the Conservative Crusader. We'll be right back after this here on GOPJosh.com. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's GOP Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Future Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Hope you enjoyed that interview with David Gallego running for or Gilio, I'm so sorry. Gilio running for Congress over in California's 20th. David A G I G L I O dot com is his website. Uh, for the Ohio segment today, we're gonna get into Amtrak, which I never thought I'd be covering talking about Ohio. But before I get into that, I have to tell you about something kind of fun we're doing. It's going to be the second top link in the show notes below. Top link is going to be David's website. But we're going to have our link for our nominations on the top page. Now, what are you nominating for? We are doing the first annual, first annual, hopefully it's annual, GOP Josh Media MAGA Man of the Year. So what this is going to be, it's not just a man, it can be anyone. But it's going to be a award we award to the top MAGA person in the movement that is strong and voted on by the people that does everything they can for this country. Uh, and that's going to be the MAGA Man of the Year. If you want to nominate someone, you can go over to the t- second top link in the show notes below. Some very strong names have been nominated. President Trump, my own, Carrie Lake. Nick Adams, Nico Delgado, Lane Brown have all been nominated, and it will be voted on by the public uh, through a populist means because we are a populist program over here in a populist movement. And I almost don't want to include President Trump because he is the MAGA man. Uh, I think it should be whoever's helping his agenda the most nationwide, but that's a discussion for another day. If you want to nominate someone, go to the top link in the show notes below. We'll have probably two rounds of voting the way it's going right now where we have the first round, and then we have a round of follow-ups. So we'll do do that, and I look forward to seeing you all voting and nominating at the second top link of the show notes below. We're a better person of the year than Taylor Swift. I'll tell you that much. Whoever it will be will be better than Taylor Swift. Uh, Choo-choo cha-ching. Ohio lands Amtrak expansion planning money. This is from Laura... Bischoff of the Cincinnati Inquirer. So a long time has it been rumored there's going to be a three C's and D train 
through Ohio. The three C's, Cleveland, uh, Columbus, Cincinnati, and D being Dayton, a train. So here are the different routes they want to plan. Cincinnati, Dayton, Columbus, Cleveland. That's one of them. Cleveland, Toledo, Detroit's the second. The third is Chicago, Fort Wayne, Columbus, Pittsburgh, with connector service to Kenton, Marysville. Let's get the clip here for the, the people watching. Uh, Newark, Coshocton, Newcomerstown, Ulrichsville, and Steubenville, increasing Amtrak's current route frequency to Cincinnati from New York, Washington, D.C., and Chicago. The Federal Railroad Administration will provide $500,000 in funding for planning in each of the four corridors. Uh, Sherrod Brown, the Democrat running for Senate here, praised the announcement as a great first step toward expanding Amtrak in Ohio. The investments are made possible by the bipartisan infrastructure law that Brown helped write and pass. Uh, this is what he said here. Good Amtrak service shouldn't be a privilege only for people on the coast. These new routes would expand opportunity, help grow businesses, and create jobs and connect communities in Ohio and across the Midwest. Uh, he said in a written, written statement, I fought for the investment to make Amtrak expansion in Ohio possible, and I will keep fighting to make sure that Ohio receives these critical infrastructure projects. This is why it's important to nominate someone strong against Sherrod Brown, because Dolan's not going to compete with that. Right? That messaging makes me like Sherrod Brown a little bit. And I don't like Sherrod Brown. Um, I am incredibly happy when I hear that there is plans to expand public and not only public, but, but transportation overall, because I, I drove the six hours or I was in the car from, from, I drove for, I believe the most of it uh, to DC. And that's not a really a nice drive. And, and I'm going to be one of the rare Republicans. And I'm not saying this to maybe, Oh, I'm edgy or I'm different, but I genuinely liked public transportation. When I was in DC, I took uh, over my month, pretty much there, I think it was like two Ubers, and that was sharing it with other people because the train was closed. Um, the the metro system in D.C. is something every city should strive for because I haven't been on the subway in, in New York, but this system was clean. It didn't smell bad. It had nice seats. It, the map was easy to understand and comprehend. I only messed up on one train the whole time, uh, and it's affordable. And I don't know why this isn't something more people are advocating for. Yes, I'm a car guy. I love driving. Uh, one day I hope to have a big gas guzzling truck, a big Ford or, or, or Ram pickup truck, a Ram preferably over Ford. Um, but until then, we're, we're not going to have, and it's not bad to have other options. I mean, the bike trails across Ohio, the, I believe it's the Erie to Ohio trail that goes all the way north and, and south. And I believe it goes east to west as well. That's a good thing. And this is something we should be advocating for. It's a good message. It's not controversial. It shouldn't always be publicly funded. I believe Amtrak, if they're going to make profits, they should put the money up. But I'm genuinely not mad about this as the way some people in the in the conservative movement are. And I don't understand why this is such a, die, a hill people like to die on when it comes to public transportation. I, I don't have a problem with... Um, I don't have a problem in any way, shape, or form with Amtrak expanding. I don't think Amtrak is the best company. We have They have a lot of trained derailments. Um, but having just the possibility makes me makes me kind of happy. You know, maybe do a Toledo to Columbus direct route there uh, or something like that. Put more stops in at old tiny little train stations we kind of novelty. Like old train stations that they used to rent out for like parties or whatever. Just put put an Amtrak stop there if there's someone there and not keep, keep going. Um, 
I really would like to see this happen, and I'm not mad about it at all that it's, ha- that it's being proposed. Uh, so when we return on Friday, I believe nominations will be closed for the GOP Josh Media MAGA Man of the Year, we're not to shorten the name, a trophy that we're going to give out. I encourage you all to nominate someone, make this a big deal, make it bigly. The only, I don't, I've said many times there should be a conservative award show. This is the closest I'm getting because I don't have the budget for an award show. But we're going to do this, this uh, MAGA man of the year. If you want to get boost nominations, you want to get your name in there. If you think you should be nominated, I I do collect emails. I can see if you're nominating yourself. Um, Not, not for, for nefarious purposes. It's just so people can't put in like 20 different nominations. We we have email collection uh, built in there. And, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing who's going to win that award. We'll, we'll announce it live on our, uh, I believe I said Wednesday edition of this program. So we're going to have voting over the weekend. Monday is going to be a day of voting, and then we're going to announce it Wednesday. Look for So a week from now. Look forward to hearing all about that and all of you nominating. Great five stars on the podcast. Download it even if you don't listen to the podcast on your phone. Make sure it downloads to your phone. Helps boost us and the algorithms greatly. And we'll be right back uh, on Friday the 8th. And of Domini, year of our Lord, 2023. Have a great evening, folks. We'll be back with you Friday. This is the youngest hour of talk radio. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 